0: Las Vegas, 98.9 FM. Tim Unglesby and Ryan with you from Las Vegas, Lotus Broadcast Studios. Big two-hour edition of Heatwave Sports, the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heatwave Sports, of course. My co-host, as always. Stellar job last night, along with Mr. Chris Wynn. Tommy Barton, TomBartonSports.com. Tom, not only is this the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heatwave Sports, the two-hour extravaganza, not only is this the second part of our NFL team previews as we go through the AFC and let everybody know who we think is going to hold up the trophy in February, but we are now officially, let's see, one, two, three, four days away from Tom Barton returning to Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, you know, Tim, it, it's
1: actually Monday where I am, so it's three days from where I am. <laughs> But but who's counting to get out of uh, out of New York? Yeah, I will be there very, very soon. Can't wait to see you. Uh, Abby asked me tonight. She said, is Tim excited? I said, is Tim excited? I, for, for Tim, who is the most even-keeled guy alive, I, I, I've never seen him this excited. So <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait that um, not only am I going to get there, you're going to be there now able to watch the first game with me on Thursday. So I I don't know if we're going to have a lot of money on that game, Tim. But we're definitely going to be watching and having a good time with
0: it. You tell Abby, I literally, literally have been bothering you for months about, hey, Tom, did you get those Vegas plans set in stone? Did you get those Vegas plans set in stone? They're set in stone. You're coming. And, yeah, you're right. My my work obligation was pushed back a couple of weeks, so I'm going to be there with you. Try to spend as much time till you get sick of me, Tom, because I know you have other people to see as well. But it's going to be a good, fun weekend watching football, especially Sunday the full day of the NFL week one, but more importantly, the night before Tom, uh, you're not just coming out here to hang out. You're also coming out here to work kind of, because we have a show Saturday night at 10 o'clock live from the Cabo Wabo canteen on the Las Vegas strip. And we're, we're inviting everybody listening. We're inviting all of our friends to come down and hang out with us and see the cast and crew of Heatwave sports. All everybody that's ever been associated with this show that can make it will be there.
1: Yeah. You know, Tim, it's funny because I, I like to get dressed up for the live event, you know. I like to uh, put on a nice collar shirt, a little suit. I used to do, and um, pretty much for the last three years, all I do is wear Hawaiian shirts. But and I'm going, I don't know. I got, I got to think. Maybe, maybe I'm going to do a jersey, right? Because I do jerseys for all my videos at Tom Barton Sports and stuff. Here's, here's the sad thing. You know, I was going to put on a jersey, Tim, and I went through my jersey collection, and I don't have a jersey of an active Chicago Bear. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I could wear my Trubinsky's jersey, who was active, just not a bear. I could wear my Khalil Mack jersey, who was active, just not a Chicago bear. Um, so, I, you know, I, I was sitting back and I'm going, do I do I do that? Do I go to the jersey route? If I go the jersey route, I got to go somebody retired. So I think I got a pretty good one to wear. And I think I'm going to go the jersey route instead of the nice suit uh, suit and tie route. this time.
0: If there was a current Chicago bear jersey you would wear, who would it be?
1: It'd be the guy that's probably leaving after this year, Roquan Smith. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I didn't buy it this year. I try to buy, you know, a jersey or two every year. I just like to collect them. Um, uh, Roquan Smith was was the guy I was going with, and that was my concern. I said, I don't know if he's going to be on the team. This might be another wasted uh, couple of bucks. The guy I was looking at, and I probably would be jumping into it, everybody's going to ask me why didn't I get Fields, because I don't have full confidence in Fields yet. And I have bad luck with quarterback jerseys as a whole. But, but the guy I was looking at, I said, you know, maybe I'll get a Cole Komet jersey. Cole Komet could be a fun jersey. That would be one I would like to go get. But yet again, I, I'm not sure in this brand new coaching style, this brand new offense, do they go to Cole Komet as much as they probably should? So I'm sitting around waiting for that Chicago Bears jersey to drop that I just need to go get. And, you know, and I like Joaquin Brister, Britsker there. They're. Um, they're strong safety that they drafted. I like him, but Tim, he's wearing number nine. There's only one number nine to me. It's the guy that I interviewed a couple of times. That's Jim McMahon. I, I can't buy that. jersey.
0: <laughs> uh, text from the Providence. Chris Wynn, fellow member of Heatwave sports. Toms says, Tommy just sport the William refrigerator Perry Jersey, buddy.
1: Uh, yeah, I, that's the thing I got. I have a Buckus. I have a Ditka Jersey. I got a Walter Payton Jersey. I got a McMahon Jersey. You know, I could certainly go down that route, um, which which I, I may have to do that. But I, I think I found a pretty good one. You know, it's funny that Chris says that about jerseys. One of our favorite things to do, it used to be mine for Super Bowl, and may, I got Ron into it, uh, and I know that we do it with a, with a big text, is have a contest, let's find the most random jersey. I love finding the most random jerseys walking around the sports book. It's just one of those fun things that we all like to do. And um, I, I still sit back and I go – the best jersey I saw, and it wasn't the most random, but the best jersey I saw was the Scott Norwood jersey where all of the letters are skewed to the right and on down the <laughs> right the right sleeve. That was really, really good. Uh, I saw a Buckner jersey when I used to go to Shea Stadium. And I was walking around Shea Stadium. I saw a Buckner jersey, um, and it, it, it said Buckner on the back. It said 86. I said, okay, that, that's interesting as well. So there's a couple of good ones, but I can't wait to get to see the randomness. I love the random jersey. You go, wait a minute, wow, forgot that guy existed, yet you've decided to break out that jersey. We like to do it for the Super Bowl, but it happens for week one as well.
0: Usually Tommy gets me a jersey at some point during the year. It could be football, it could be baseball. It's either some type of a gift. And uh, for a while there, Tom, I was like, Tom, we really got to talk about the jerseys because – we went through a stretch there. We had Ray Lewis, uh, Adrian Peterson. You know, these were ones you were giving to me. And Ray they Rice. all end up, yeah, Ray Rice. And they're all, uh, you know, f- felonies. I guess we can just put it that yeah. way. They're felons. So Your Hernandez
1: jersey got lost in the mail, so don't right. worry. Right. Th- Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I very- <laughs> you know, Tim, it, it, it is Buffalo, so maybe I could get you an O.J. Simpson jersey. <laughs>
0: What what would the would that count as obscure? If somebody's wearing an Aaron Hernandez jersey, uh, that that's just bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but but you know what? In my closet, I have an, an obscure jersey that probably beats everybody's. I have a Mark Carrier, the, the number twenty, the safety for the Chicago Bears, who actually had a brother named oh, or a you know, uh, uh, Mark Carrier also. Uh, but I have that. That's that's the most obscure jersey for most people. But I also have a Mike Kroll jersey for any of you Denver Bronco fans out there. See if you remember that name. And Nebraska, obviously. Uh, I, I have the Tommy Frazier. I have a, a Trev Albert if you go into the college ranks. But, yeah, Mike Kroll is hanging in my, my closet. Mark Carrier is hanging in my closet. I go obscure sometimes, Tim.
0: I don't know what my most obscure one other than the felonies would be. Um, you got I saw a-, a good
1: Don Majikowski jersey. Yeah. Out and about Vegas the last time I was there. The
0: Magic Man, the Magic Man, you got me a one of the first uh, when when Drew was still in New Orleans. You got me a Drew Purdue college jersey. That was pretty cool. And you got me yeah, a Tebow Florida one as well. So yeah,
1: you always liked the the college jerseys. I yeah. I do remember that. I have a hard time wearing a college jersey, um, you know, because of the player it is. Other than I, I remember that I saw. Uh, Luke Keekley, which you got me a Keekley jersey in the pros, I saw him play at Boston College, you know? So that was kind of a jersey that I wanted. And Abby's like, come on, it's an ACC. All right, I can't get a. I can't, can't feel good and walk around with an SEC jersey. I do have, you know, a Washington Huskies jersey. I wanted a Chang jersey from Hawaii and I couldn't find it forever. And then kind of the allure kind of went away for that. So um, there, there are. There's an interesting jersey I'm going to be wearing. I'm going to be bringing it up, but I have decided on on the outfit because I was just going to go. You know what? Instead of wearing my usual soup, I'm, I'm just going what I've been wearing basically for about three years, which just I just I, I'm Andy Reid, man. I wear Hawaiian stuff everywhere, right? And I was just going to do that. And I said, you know, I'm going to do a jersey, but I got a pretty cool one.
0: It's a surprise. No. Yeah, and Chris no. writes.
1: What about Ray Carruth, guys?
0: Oh, geez.
1: Well, <laughs> come on. That's uh, that, That's like wearing a Chris Benoit shirt, to too. Uh, yeah, right, right.
0: right. <laughs> well, Chris Wynn, I, I believe he said he will be. There. I know he, has, he usually works Saturday, Tom, but I don't know if, uh, Chris, I know you're listening. Hopefully you'll make it out. Usually do, so hopefully you will. Brian Feldman, Armando Vasquez, the, our first ever producer Tom will be there we're gonna try to get fantasy that's cool yeah the whole league we're gonna get try to get Ronnie on the phone Ron Natty one of the original hosts of heatwave sports Uh, sometimes he he drinks a little too much by the time the show's on Tom so it's it's hit or miss with him but I mean seriously anybody listening please come out and see us right Tom we really like to meet everybody and and say hi again because it's been we're, we're going on three years now
1: you know, one of these years, Tim, maybe we should have a listener obscure jersey contest. Maybe that's what we should do. Is tell the listeners to come on down and wear their obscure jerseys. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, let, we could set that up for Super Bowl, and I'll give away a jersey. I'll give away an obscure jersey to the listeners that come down. Come you know what? Why wait for the Super Bowl, Tim? Anybody that's listening, I'll bring a jersey to give away. I'm going to bring an obscure jersey to give away if you come down and uh, you know, wear an obscure jersey i'm going to give it to one of the listeners the obscure jersey contest
0: yeah let's do, let's do that and let's post it on uh, socials and we'll see we'll see who does it i know fernando thinks that when he comes down and meets us that i'll be wearing an alabama sec jersey cuz apparently tom i wash their balls but that is not true i don't own any sec i'm sorry i don't own any alabama jerseys i do on the Tebow, but um, Chris Wynn says he will be there. Excellent. Steve Roy, Tom will be there. Ryan, our wonderful engineer board up now, producer, will be there, hopefully. So yeah. Bigger crowd, the better, I guess, man. Uh yeah, that's
1: going to be great. Chris Wynn might be the clubhouse leader, by the way, but he's not eligible. But Chris Wynn might be might be the clubhouse leader. He has a Javid Best jersey. Oh man, yeah. Ooh. Chris, you can't wear that one. You,
0: that, that, you gotta find <laughs> I don't know another if anybody one. can beat that. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night, this Saturday night, 10 o'clock, Cabo Wabo, uh, outside the Miracle Mile shops. You can go in through the doors right there. And uh, they supposedly have a setup with a nice view of the strip. So we're all looking forward to seeing everybody for week one of the NFL. We'll get to NFL talk A little bit later as we have to go through the AFC, Tom, but it was college football week 1A, I guess you could say, with a full slate of games. I don't really want to hammer on specific games so much, Tom. It's still really early, but how about some teams that surprised you, good or bad?
1: Yeah, you know, I think Notre Dame surprised me how well they played in a loss, and it's Mm. not necessarily – That they played close. They're number five team in the country. I get it. Look, you walked away with a win. But how their defense was able to shut down what I believe is going to be record-setting offense in in Ohio State. I thought that that offense was going to go up and down the field on people. If they lost games this year, I thought it was going to be because Ohio State just couldn't kind of get out of their own way. Um, So that certainly impressed me. That was a big shock that Notre Dame, their defense had so much success against Ohio State. I think tonight, I think Florida State really impressed me. Don't worry about the final score. The refs screwed Florida State horrendously in that game. They were in full control of the game most of the game. Uh, Florida State really does impress me. That to go, I know that LSU is in a rebuild. I know that they're unranked. But to go into Louisiana, let's be honest, that was not a neutral site game. To go into Louisiana, handle the SEC team, national TV, the way that it happened. And, uh, you know, I know that I am a—, a close to the Florida State program. I love the question at the end. Um, Katie George asked Coach Norville at, at the end of the game, she said, you know, how did how did you guys hold on this this year? Because the last couple of years you would have lost this game. And and she's a hundred percent right. That was a game you would have lost. So that game certainly shocked me. Um I think North Carolina State, the fashion that they barely won and I, I like East Carolina and everything. I thought North Carolina State was over ranked as it was, being a top 15 in the country, they certainly showed that, that's for sure. And and I do believe that the just the feel and, and the, I guess, the aura around what Iowa did, okay, was a little shocking because they got a win. It was a hard-fought defensive win, and people were seemingly shocked. One more I'll give you. Uh, Scott Frost needs to be fired in Nebraska. We keep talking about it. I don't care that the final score is 38-17, Tim. It was a 7-7 game at home going into the half after the debacle you put up
0: in Ireland. Yeah, he, uh, you talk about running on limited uh, time. It would have to be him at this point, Which is which I think when you look at guys that return back to their programs, Tommy – it's already instant pressure, but to see them like – he hasn't done anything there. Literally has done nothing in his stint with Nebraska. No, I
1: mean, I, I've talked about it at length on my shows, on my Sports Garden Network show. Um, I, I went real into it. Now two weeks running, Tim, I went very into the idea that Scott Frost just has to go. I, I mean, there's just no way around it. Scott Frost is not getting the job done, and it's horrible to say – everybody loves him, he's uh, you know their guy and the hometown and all that. He's just not getting the job, flat out. Period. And, and he has to has to go. There's no other way around it anymore. You get into the unfortunate situation where you, you want to kind of keep giving him a little rope and keep giving him a little rope and keep giving him a little rope. Too much rope, you know. There's just too much rope. He, he's got to go. In a win, he still looked bad. So, I, I mean you can kind of forgive bad coaching. You can forgive a lot of things. You can't forgive going out there and putting up the kind of display that he has put up now in the first couple of games.
0: Georgia crushed Oregon 49 to three. We saw Michigan put the beat down on Colorado state out of the mountain West 51 seven. And um, another, another game that, I kind of circled, was a winner over at TomBartonSports.com. Arkansas, after last year's great season, they get off to a nice start again with a tough 31-24 win over Cincinnati, one of the final four in last year's playoffs.
1: You know, the the Oregon win against Georgia, the Oregon loss, I should say, against Georgia, everyone's kind of just making a big deal about this, Tim. And I'm going, guys, I I mean – didn't we all realize that Georgia was massively overranked? I mean, our, don't we all live in that same world where we looked at, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, Oregon. Where we looked at Oregon and we said, they're not the 11th team in the country. I mean, don't we all live in that world where that is just absolutely true? So, yeah, it was impressive. Look, 49-3 to 3 is impressive no matter what. That didn't sh- jump out at me. That didn't shock me just because I wasn't, overly impressed with Oregon to begin with. I'll tell you, you did bring up Michigan, and no one's kind of talking about Michigan. I got to scratch my head with Michigan a little bit. I know that they want the revolving door quarterback situation. I get it. And they said before the start, doesn't matter what happens. uh, No matter what, he's getting the start. We're going to a different guy. It doesn't matter. I I get all of that. It's still shocking to me to see them going through with this, Tim. Mm -hmm. Going through with having the revolving quarterback situation on a team that wants to win a national championship.
0: Top-ranked Alabama, 55 nothing win over Utah State, Bryce Young five touchdowns in his bid for the Heisman already. Uh, how about how about I throw you some 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 notable Well, actually one more before we do that. How about Boise State, a lot of people shocked at the 34-17 loss by the Broncos at Oregon State.
1: I'm not shocked. Oregon State's a tough place. Corvallis is a tough place to play if you're a Pac-12 team, right? If you're a good team. Boise has calmed down a little bit, but it's just a tough place to play. I think Oregon State, at the end of last year, kind of showed us that they were going to be better than a lot of people believed. I think Boise just got caught up in a situation where it's a tough place to play. Tough team. And, and, you know, Boise's just not that, that elite team any longer.
0: That was, the, that was the question I was going to ask you. With the way Boise for years was to be considered in that top echelon in a matter of what now three seasons, you you kind of push them down in Tier 2 towards the end of Tier 2, though, I think, when you're looking at a top top 20 program, sure. But can we say top 15, top 10 anymore? I mean, you could make a case for where maybe not anymore.
1: No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I I think that it's passed them by. I think that the Cincinnatis of the world have passed them by as that mid major to really focus on. I think the UCFs of the world have been the consistent mid major. I think Boise's been passed by in that regard.
0: Those listening that are UNLV Rebel fans, how about this, Tom? Thoughts on some future opponents? Hawaii crushed again at home. This is kind of a surprise. You know, I know, I know, Chang's redoing this whole situation tom but and vanderbilt maybe well and vanderbilt was a lot too much for them but now again western kentucky puts up almost 50 on Hawaii and a loss on the island and a team i know you're backing and you like a lot that nobody's looking at or giving credit to i i guess we should say it would be air force they rolled up 48 on northern iowa
1: yeah i'm glad you said that it's kind of funny you just said that about air force um I have been all over Air Force. I, I just did you know, my look-aheads and, and my look-ahead to this week, and I do my best bets, and I put out my best bets for Believe Podcast Network and, and for Sports Garden Network, hashtag SGN, and I, I put everything out for And Thursday night, I'm already looking at Air Force, and in my, my conversation that I give out, I said, listen, I've been on this team for a while. They are a dynamic running team, which we all know, this year, they're playing good defense, and, and I really think that Air Force can shock a lot of people. Again, we're not talking national championship here, Tim, but I called Navy uh, for, for years, right? For about a three-year, four, four-year stint with Keenan Reynolds, I told you, Navy's going to shock people. Navy's going to turn some heads, and we made a lot of money on Navy during those years. Then it was on to Army, right? Army, the last couple of years, real good running game really underrated defense, guys in the middle flying around, and now it's on to Air Force. I saw this starting last year. I made some money on Air Force in certain spots, and this year I expect to make quite a bit of money on Air Force. I'm glad you did mention that.
0: UNLV's not beating Air Force, by the way. Yeah, I, I think we both had that as a, a UNLV you know, loss when we did the season preview. And, and And by the way, Hawaii, who's gotten spanked, when we
1: talked about Hawaii, Tim, what did I tell you? You know, you got a new guy coming in there, a new head coach. The first time he's ever a head coach, he's a legendary guy. Give him some time. And oh, I yeah. said, if you're going to catch, if you're going to catch Hawaii, you want him on the island. You want him the first few weeks. I didn't bet on Hawaii the last couple of games, uh, even though they were getting big points in, in a spot that sometimes I normally would. Tim, that's going to correct. Chang will have this team ready as the year starts to progress. I'm not saying that. They're going to get marketably better where UNLV can't beat them, but you're not looking at the same Hawaii team in any way, shape, or form that you're going to be looking at in you know whatever it is two months from now.
0: Well, you know they play. I believe it's the end of the season, so that's not right. the time you want them. So yeah, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be a much well a much better and
1: a much more well rounded team specifically offensively.
0: Well, the Rebels game two, Tommy will be. This Saturday at Cal, Cal 3413 winner over UC Davis yesterday and the opening line that I have for this game on uh, Saturday, at one o'clock Cal Berkeley. Tommy is a 12 and a half point favorite over the ribs.
1: I mean, you gotta be all up a cow, right? I said it last night. I, I don't think the rebels win this game, but it wouldn't completely shock me, but I always ask the question. Would it stun you, Tim, and would it stun you, Rebel Nation, if you got blown out by 25 points? I don't think it would. So I actually believed that the spread was going to be about a two touchdown, a little bit more. I said 14, 14 and a half. It opened up at 12 and a half. If you're a betting man, which, oh, by the way, I am, I'm looking at that as some value on Cal. Now, I didn't pull the trigger when it opened up because I do think that they could win by 10, and the offense of UNLV could kind of keep them in this game, which that's a compliment to UNLV that they finally have something that, as a sports better, I'm a little afraid of. I'm afraid of this offense, so I, I'm not going to touch that game. I still think that they probably cover. I think they probably cover late. It's a it's a close game at UNLV. Uh, you know, Cal is in control, up by ten, up by fourteen for most of the game, and then they score you know a late touchdown or so, where UNLV can't stop them late.
0: You get a 34 21 game. That's the cover. Nah,
1: yeah, I, I think it's more than that, Tim. Okay. You know, I think you're looking at a shootout. Yeah. If anything, I'm kind of looking at that total, um, you know, forty-one twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. I don't think UNLV stopping anybody, but I think that UNLV can hang in it because they have just tremendous, tremendous offensive firepower uh, when they, they got everything clicking. Cal's defense isn't exactly uh, the the Iron Curtain here. So I think they're going to be able to put up about four touchdowns.
0: Let me ask you about this one. And and I wasn't going to until I saw the line. And we all know about huge, huge favorites in college football. We've talked about these. We just talked about these two teams, actually. Hawaii against Michigan in the big house. A 5 o'clock start here on the West Coast Saturday night. Tom, Michigan's a 51 point favorite.
1: I said last night on the air it should be 50. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said last night on the air I didn't have the line in front of me; it hadn't been released. I said they're going to make they're going to make Michigan a 50 point favorite, uh, and it's 51. Yeah, um, I, I get it. <laughs> I'm not laying 50, right? But what happened was this weekend, Tim. Anybody that just went blindly huge favorites crushed it, right? Georgia humiliated them. Alabama humiliated them. Uh, You know, Michigan humiliated them. You look at all the huge favorites. Miami scored 70. If you just went huge favorites, you you did well. Baylor. Baylor was, I told you, that was my best bet of the weekend. Baylor was a 42-point favorite. The over-under was 44. I went over all day. I told you, me and you were talking. I said, my problem is they capped me out here. I wanted to put, like, another grand on on that over Uh, and we were talking right before the game. I said, this is insane. You said, they're going to get there. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get there themselves. I think we're going to see a lot of that going on here, Tim, where a lot of people that won last week because huge favorites covered and huge favorites dominated. I think you're going to see a lot of inflated lines this week with big favorites like that. I thought it should have opened at 50, though, because I know how the public looks at this. Meanwhile, I could absolutely see Michigan winning that game 44-30. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your initial thought is 51 and a half, so you need 52 to win. If Hawaii scores just a touchdown, now it's 59. What's right the now? total? Um, let's see if, it's even, if they even have one. May not be up yet. I don't have it up yet. 65 is the total. Who? 65. So that's
1: telling you. See, see. okay, again, we go to the Baylor game. The Baylor game was Baylor minus 42. The total was 44. They didn't expect uh, uh, even a point out of Albany. They didn't expect one point out of Albany. Albany put up 10, but they didn't need it anyway. Bale still scored 69. That spread, that that total is telling you that they expect Hawaii to score two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Two touchdowns plus. So if the books are telling you, guys, it's going to be hard to cover that 50, right? I mean, why are you going to run run? to bet Michigan. The books are telling you we think Hawaii is going to keep it within the number. We 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 think Hawaii is going to score some points here.
0: Going by that thought process, that means that now Michigan's got to score almost 70 to to cover that game, you know? It, it's Exactly.
1: Exactly. And that's where in a sports betting mindset, Tim, I love to double-side games when I say that like that. I love to take you know, Michigan in the over, right? Or 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 you, you take something with like that Say thinking to yourself, well, if it gets there, right, I, I got a chance for a double win, but chances are one or the other are gonna happen. Um, I don't love it in this spot just because it is a fifty-one number or fifty one and a half, whatever it is. I don't love it in this spot. And I think a lot of people are expecting like a fifty-five nothing win. It, it it's just dangerous. It's just, how about if you how about if you were, were Alabama this week, Tim. Alabama was minus 42 and a half. The total was four or the total was 58. So you laid 42 and a half and the game went under. <laughs> you, covered, you covered 42 and a half and the game
0: went under. That's just hard to do. Yeah. Keep those, uh, keep those, those, what Tommy says in, in the back of your mind when you're looking at your your parlay cards this week Tom or if you betting straight just remember Tom gives you free good advice here on the show you just gotta listen for it and Tom we'll be I'm not sure what we're what days or what hours we're gonna be doing this but I know I can promise you that or I can say for you that you'll be sitting somewhere watching all these games Saturday
1: yeah I, I have to watch the games it's now it, it's my job Tim it's a, it's a tough job but, but I've been doing it now for 12 years. I have to watch football, you know? I mean, it's just yeah, – it, it's a business expense. What do you want me to tell you?
0: <laughs> Tommy Barton, Tim Unglesby, Heatwave Sports. We will take a short time out and come back with some Major League Baseball talk as we, we're under a month until postseason play starts. We'll give everybody an update on the wild card race, and we'll steer towards – the NFL AFC previews coming up as well here on the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heat Wave Sports.
1: And Horton wasting no time. He's going to the Duke. The Duke leads the league in saves, strikeouts per inning, and hit batsman. This guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. Now back to Heat Wave Sports. Here's Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton.
0: And Ryan with you here on the Sunday night. He Wave sports every Saturday and Sunday at 10 o'clock right here on Fox Sports radio, Las Vegas, social media <clears throat> at HW sports at Tom Barton sports. And Tom, before we look at baseball, I wanted to talk a little bit, just a little bit more about all the great things you're doing. Not only with Tom but your weekly YouTube videos you're on, uh, you have your podcast I listen to every Sunday morning on my ride home from work. You have the, the national show you do Sunday mornings, which you're going to be doing in Vegas three hours earlier than you than usually do on uh, opening Sunday. Just tons and tons of Tom Barton content.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This morning we had on Kevin Bryan. He wrote a book on spying in the NFL and the history about how long uh, you know it's been going on and how many people have been doing it gave us a great, great, great story uh, about a a midget uh, or a little person, I should say, sorry, a little person in a stroller on the sidelines, okay, years ago uh, with checking out the practice, and they were caught with that. So, you know, doing lots of fun stuff at Sports Garden Network on the Want to Bet Weekend Edition show. Uh, Like you said, Believe in Betting is the podcast, and now I'm adding a best Bets to that that you guys can go check out. I gave that bailer. Best bet uh, yesterday, the Baylor over, was a nice, easy winner. So you can go check that out on the Believe Podcast Network. We also have Wagering Week, of course. Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. The debate this week, hey, was it Patrick Mahomes or is it Justin Herbert? Not for, best, not for best quarterback, but just the absolute similarities. Who do you have? Who's the better quarterback? Who's the better quarterback for fantasy? Who's the better quarterback for prop plays? Who's the better overall quarterback? Go check that out over on YouTube. It's Tom Barton Sports on YouTube, and then of course, TomBartonSports.com. I went two and one yesterday. Uh, you know, three and one since opening weekend in, in college football. Absolutely crushing it in Major League Baseball over the last couple of weeks here. So everything's going real good. And if you sign up right now, if you sign up with TomBartonSports.com right now, you get in for thirty full days for less than hundred dollars. That that was the old one. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two months. You sign up right now, I'm giving you two months for $200. bucks. 2 months right now, you're going to get until November 1st for $200. You mentioned this show. That means you get every college football, every NFL, every NBA, every college basketball, every hockey game, and every major league baseball game I give out every Futures play that's already on the board. You get every single play, prop play, straight play, anything I do. There's no sales. There's no commission. There's no upgrades. I'm doing it all at TomBartonSports.com.
0: What's great about TomBartonSports.com is if you're not a baseball better or a basketball better or a hockey better, say you just concentrate on football, right, Tom? That's fine. Look what you did yesterday in football. We already started the season winning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, there's so many people that say, well, I don't bet that. Well, I don't bet that. Look for 200 bucks for 60 days of plays, which I'm offering you guys right now, you're going to find things that I put out there that you do bet. And then you could follow along and say, well, wait a minute. I I don't really like this sport. I don't really like to bet totals. I don't like to bet this, but man, Tom's crushing them. And then you can check it out. You could follow along and say, well, I'm winning in this sport. He's really doing well in the sport. Also, now I'm just going to start to follow him blindly. I have members, Tim, that I've had for 10 plus years. Some of these guys don't watch sports. They look at it as an investment situation. And year after year, I see the same names come up. Year after year, they're still with me. Month after month, they're renewing their membership. And I've talked to some of them and they go, Tom, you know, I don't watch sports. I just do it as a straight investment. You know how many guys tell me they refuse to watch the NBA? But because the last, what, four years, I've been dominating the NBA, they're, they're all over the NBA. The last two years, there's nobody in America, and this is absolutely documented. Go check it out from third-party verification. There's nobody in America that's hotter in the, in the NHL over the last two years than me. I have members that do not watch an NHL game, period. But they follow me, and they make money. That's the beauty of TomBartonSports.com.
0: And one more tidbit on the YouTube channel, Tom Barton in, in today's world in today's society a lot of us most of us right um i'll just give you my breakdown this is me so when it's time for me to go to bed tom i stay off the phone because i'll just end up in this tunnel and before you know it two hours have passed and it kind of defeats the purpose of trying to go to sleep right so i stay off my phone i know people that are on their phones it helps them go to sleep or whatever but we find times to watch uh whether it's the streaming services or the YouTubes. We find time in our day to watch what we want to watch. So for instance, Tom Barton Sports notified me or the YouTube notified me that a new video was up. And that's the one you just spoke of, the Mahomes versus Herbert debate. And it, the, great, the good thing about your videos, Tommy, they're right, they come in right around 10 minutes, which is perfect for, for instance. It was lunchtime for me, right? So what did I do, Tom? I had my meal. I watched your video. I, you know, it's just the way it is. I haven't watched, other than a sporting event, I probably haven't watched live T or wrestling. I guess you could say that's sports, right? I've watched like a, a regular TV show live in I don't know how many years. You know, I'll watch it off DVR when I get a chance and sometimes I go weeks before I get caught up on something. So... I like the way this structures out. I like the, the timing of your videos. I think that's that's perfect for people. I, I mean, you don't care, right, Tom? You're giving them quality information that they can watch. And that's all we want is we want you to like, subscribe to this channel because we think it's all entertainment purposes. Or if you're grabbing um, information you need for possibly betting on games, it, it could be there as well, statistics. Tom, we don't care, right? You could be using the bathroom as long as you're watching Tom Barton sports, man.
1: Well, guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be doing live, you know, broadcast live from Vegas, Tim. So you might be on the YouTube channel this week, right? Um, YouTube gives me suggestions all the time, and they say, hey, why don't you do this? And, you know, going live is great. Well, nobody wants to just go live with me down in my studio, right? So I go, hey, I'm going to Vegas. I'll go live from Vegas. Um, So I'm going to go – I'm going to do a little live. And what I love to pick out is topics that – I'm not exactly sitting back and taking one side and saying, I feel 100% about this. I like to take topics that you could kind of debate amongst yourself. Sometimes I do. You know, David Ortiz not being in the Hall of Fame and don't deserve it. I'll take that, that stand. But most of the time, I like to take topics that the sports world is having a debate about. The sports world is kind of arguing about, and I try to present it in a way of, hey, look, this is, this is entertainment. Here's the presentation. And I love to hear back from people on YouTube. And that is a great thing with YouTube. People watch the video and I get a million comments of their opinion on it, which I love. I love that interaction. It's the same thing that we do here when I say, hey, guys, write me on Twitter at Tom Barton Sports. I have that. I have fans writing us on Facebook all the time. I love the interaction because it's easy for me to sit back and just argue with you or argue against what I see out there. But when it's actually with somebody, sometimes I'll completely agree with you. It's a good back and forth. I think YouTube gives you that back and forth.
0: And I wasn't trying to be funny. I was being dead serious. That Tom, there are a few minutes in the day where people can actually just sit and relax. And sometimes it involves a, a nice bathroom break. I, for one, Tom, I read when it's my bathroom break. So why can't people watch YouTube when they're using the restroom for that few minutes, right?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't care where you do it. Just, just do it and like, <laughs> just do it. Do it and press like.
0: <laughs> do it and press like. There you go. So last week we ended the show, and I got you all riled up before bedtime. You're like three in the morning. You're all just poed. We're talking about the Yankees. So I did it. I'm going to do it earlier this week, Tommy. So, um, Yanks eighty and fifty four with the win today over Tampa two to one. Aaron Judge hits fifty three. Funny thing was, you said during the break, you said the only reason they won was Boone got ejected before the game was over. So hot topic that fifteen game lead we saw. Just about a month, almost a month and a half ago, is now down to five. Tampa, five back. Toronto, six. Baltimore, even's under double digits now at eight and a half back. Uh, we have so 134. We got about 28 games left. This, you know, the other day I text you God, this is terrible. I don't even know half these guys. You know, so many things are just going wrong here. 28 games to go, Tom. What are we looking at, man? I said
1: it last night, Tim, and I said exactly to, to Chris when I said, I don't want to be dramatic. But Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman ruin everything that's good in life. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so that'll tell you kind of where I'm at. Um uh, but but it it it's serious. Look, Aaron Judge is going to be the all-time home run king. I can't enjoy it because Aaron Boone, Hal Steinbrenner, and Brian Cashman ruin everything that's good in life. The Boston Red Sox are sitting in dead last place. The Yankees are in first place. But Aaron Boone, Hal Steinbrenner, Brian Cashman ruin everything that's good in life. And I said to to Chris last night, I said, not only do I believe that the Yankees lose this division, it's very possible that they get passed up by Tampa Bay and Toronto. Your Orioles might be able to kind of leapfrog them as well. And then I expect Aaron Judge to be playing for the Dodgers next year. So I expect life to get as miserable as possible. I have no faith in this team. I have no faith in this manager. The Yankees can't hit. They put up a lineup today, Tim. I, it disgusted me. I almost lost my temper on, on my, my morning show today because what a ridiculous lineup you put out. They had Josh Donaldson batting fifth, Isaiah kinda for error batting sixth, Aaron Hicks batting seventh. I mean, if that... If that duo in the middle of your lineup doesn't scare you, there, Tim. I mean, come on, yeah, what a disaster. And Kyle Higgy-Yashioka, So let's not even have Trevino in there. Yet yeah, you sandwich that with Oswald Peraza, who hasn't, you know, been in the major leagues more than a minute, and Oswaldo Cabrera is batting third, who hasn't hit in the major leagues yet. It's Aaron Judge and everyone else. And that's exactly what happened today. It was Aaron Judge and everybody else. Aaron Judge has now gone back-to-back games hitting a home run, and the Yankees have scored a total grand total of three runs. He's hit two home runs in the last two games. They've scored three total runs. He'll tell you it's Aaron Judge and everybody else. Right now, I have very little faith in anything that the Yankees are, anything that the Yankees can do. I know they're getting a ton of guys back. And maybe that's the glimmer of hope that you want. Rizzo's coming back. Severino's coming back. Cortez is coming back. Efros is coming back. They just got Clay Holmes back. He looked like Clay Holmes in Pittsburgh again today. So they are getting a lot of guys back. But I need to see it before time. When you look at the New York Yankees lineup that was put out there today, there's no way anybody, anybody can have any faith in this club. And I'm not just talking about, well, in the playoffs or the Super Bowl or I'm sorry, or the World Series. I don't want to hear any of that. Any of that World Series nonsense. Nonsense nonsense. That's all it is, is pure nonsense. They're not getting out of the American League. Are you insane? I, I don't know if they're winning a series at this point. And like I said, if they didn't get out to that massive lead, they're not a playoff team. And it wouldn't shock me at all to see them sitting in third place or less. Tim, Aaron Judge, DJ LeMet, you batted 1-2 today, right? Here is the batting average for the next for the rest of, of the lineup. 200, 216, 219. 262, 214, 193. And at 262, you go, oh, Kiner Falefa, who's the worst fielding defensive shortstop I've ever seen. He's got one home run on the year, right? So his 317 slugging percentage, probably not that impressive. But it's better than Aaron Hicks, who's batting 297. He's got a slugging percentage of 297, Tim. So, I mean, he's better
0: than that. Tom, I hold the Yankee future in my hand. You make the decision here. If I told you, you could retool the Yankee front office, the Yankee coaching staff, you could put anybody you want in there. The price would be, though, you cannot make the playoffs this year. What do you do?
1: I wouldn't make the playoffs for three years, Tim. I don't care. Wow, I don't care about the playoffs. The playoffs mean nothing. The player should mean nothing to every Yankee fan out there. It is World Series championship, or it's a failed season. The end. And especially the way that they started. What is frustrating, Tim, is that it's pure ineptitude. It is not sitting back and second-guessing. It is first-guessing, Tim. You bring up a guy like uh, Peraza about a month too late. We all saw the writing on the wall months ago. You bring him up late. You throw him up. He comes up for the first game. Emergency cooling stations are open at the Sunrise Elementary School, 2645 Landon Drive in Bullhead City and at the Mojave Valley Fire Station No. 81 located at 1451 Willow Drive in Mojave Valley. The Colorado River Valley community's power outage between Bullhead City, Fort Mojave Mesa and Mojave Valley is expected to last between 24 hours to 36 hours. An infield that is going to be the future that you sold us on is going to be the future in Peraza, uh, even if you wanted to have Cabrera. But, uh, you know, how about how about Peraza and Volpe? Give me the future of the Yankees and give it to me now because you're spiraling out of control. If you brought up all of the the AAA New York Yankees and put them on this team, I think – they could probably do a good job as the Yankees just did in August. I think they can win just as many games as the Yankees just did in August. Meanwhile, you're trading away Jordan Montgomery and JP Sears.
0: Yanks three games set with the twins starting tomorrow, Tom. So in the American League, the wild card situation looks like this. Seattle with spot one, they won nine of ten. Tampa seven of ten. They're spot two. Toronto takes up um Wild card three, Baltimore two-and-a-half behind Toronto, Cleveland, Minnesota five, Chicago seven. It's going to be an interesting, interesting two, three weeks here. The Baltimore Orioles playoff hunt starts tomorrow. I, I mean, that, that's
1: just it. The, if the Baltimore Orioles want to be a playoff team, Tim, tomorrow is when they start, and tomorrow is what they need to do. They go into a series here against Toronto in Baltimore. They will be a decided favorite, a uh, decided underdog, I'm sorry, in three of those four games. Toronto's going to be a favorite. Toronto might be a favorite in all four, four games on the road. Gaussman against Lyles, they're a big favorite tomorrow in a double header, by the way. Uh, Barrios against Bauman, they're a favorite. White against Bradish, they should be a small favorite. Uh, Manoa against Kramer, they'll be a big favorite. The Baltimore Orioles can set a tone tomorrow. They have a double header a doubleheader against Gaussman and Barrios, a doubleheader where they're getting plus money back in both spots, and they have to win at least one of those games. You can't go in here and do any worse than 2-2 two and two against Toronto. You do have Boston after that, Washington after that, and then back to Toronto, and then facing Detroit. Tim, you're looking at a stretch of games for you, for the Orioles here. And I'm concentrating on them because, look, they are one of the best stories in baseball right now, right? Uh, You're looking at a stretch of games where they have 15 straight games, 15 games. Out of those 15 games, you have 10 at home. You have seven against the Blue Jays. Then you have Washington and Detroit, five-game set, and then the last three against Boston. Those seven against Toronto, you got to win three or four of those games. You You can't win two. You got to take two or three from Boston. You got to take both games against Washington, and you got to take two or three against Detroit. And then let's start talking about if the Orioles are for real because they end the season four against Boston in Boston, three against the Yankees in New York, four against Toronto. So it's it and four against Houston. It doesn't get easy after that. They have 15 games to make the playoffs. Their playoff stretch starts tomorrow with a doubleheader.
0: Birds thirty nine and twenty five at Camden Yards this year, Tom. So they definitely like playing there at home, and they get the Jays here, like you said, four games, including the double tomorrow at home. Uh, I, I, I'm beyond the point of being astonished. I'm just riding the, the wave now as a fan. We saw the injection of Gunnar Henderson in the lineup. Hit a home run in the second at bat. He's batting three sixteen since being called up. Tom Rutschman getting better and better. As the season progresses, they're, they're just fun to watch. And, and I mean, that's what you want to see in baseball, regardless of when it's your team. It's obviously great, but it's fun to watch young teams being built like this. We've talked about it for years on the radio, right, Tom? Kansas City's uh, was the big one when we first started was the, the, watching the Royals build up into win a World Series. The Astros most recently did it. So it's always fun to watch the guys that we pay attention to in the minors produce at the major league level.
1: Yeah, look, I, I like that. And that, that's the whole thing, you know. When you bring up a young kid in the season like this, sometimes it's just a long season. You bring him up with the enthusiasm. And you bring him up, oh, man, they give you a little jolt. That's what I wanted from the Yankees. That's why I want Volpe here. I know he's not ready, right? I know he's not ready. Bring him up. Give him that enthusiasm. Give him that jolt. Gunnar Henderson walks onto the field for the, for the Orioles he jumps onto the field, hits a home run in his first at bat. Next game, you know, a stolen base and another RBI. Oh man, this, this kid's fun. He's playing second, he's playing third, he's playing short. I don't care if he bats 150 from here on out. It gives a little jolt, it gives a little energy to the team. Uh, the New York Yankees just did that too late and they just can't do anything. They're, they're sitting on their hands waiting for some guys to come back, waiting for saviors to come back. Those saviors are just not there or utilized correctly they're not being used correctly the fact that aaron hicks is still getting any kind of at bats is ridiculous oh and by the way another good news anthony benintendi oh yeah uh, andrew benintendi i'm sorry um that really 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 good pickup that the yankees made broken wrist probably after the rest of the season.
0: yeah yeah all right tom five minutes for the top of the hour timeout national league braves comfortably ahead they'll make the playoffs there they have a 10-game lead over the next wild card team so braves The Padres, the Phillies, basically tied there for wildcard spots two and three. Milwaukee is two and a half back at that point. Pretty much forget about the rest. So Milwaukee, Philly, San Diego battling for two spots.
1: I thought Milwaukee was going to be that team, Tim. And they have some magic. Rowdy Telez is trying to keep them afloat here. They have a little bit of magic. The problem is, is that their ace, Corbin Burns, who look I've called the best pitcher in baseball, Corbin Burns has a 7.49 ERA over his last month or so. It, it, he looks absolutely horrible. Horrible. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he looks terrible out there. So uh, Milwaukee and San Diego, they're going to be in a tight fight. It's going to be interesting to see who loses this for them. Is it Josh Hader or is it Ra- Rogers In the trade, that made no sense to anybody. Both of them have struggled with their new teams.
0: And the team you said, not to count out the Phillies, all they've done is, even in a losing streak, Tommy, they've been able to keep pace with San Diego, and they're sitting right there. And we all know the 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 Angel fourteen game losses are rarities here. That the Phillies spike turned that back around, especially with Harper now back in the lineup.
1: Yeah, and and now Wheeler's coming back. I think Philly's still the most dangerous team entering the playoffs. I know. Look, look, the Mets just lost two or three to Washington. I know everybody loves the Mets. I said it last night, and I said it last week. The Mets are going to lose this division, Tim, right? The Mets are coming in second. Their, their lineup just doesn't give you that juice. It just doesn't have enough. And you go up against a Philly team, you go up against Atlanta team, they just have things working the right direction. I don't want any Mets to go, oh, come on, we beat the Dodgers. You know. Oh, we beat – yeah, yeah. you also lost two or three to Washington. So mm-hmm. the Mets are, are just one of those teams that I look at as very vulnerable if they have to play a Phillies team in the first
0: round. I missed this one real quick. We'll go back. We we were kind of riding the White Sox out last week. They're only two games back of the not the wild card Tom, they're two games out of the division lead with Cleveland just completely taking a, a tank job, two and eight in their last ten.
1: Yeah, look, that White Sox team that I keep I kept thinking Here we go. White Sox are going to come up. White Sox are going to do it. I was waiting for the Guardians to fail and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it has finally happened. Uh, I do think that the White Sox might be the team to overtake them. But right now, Minnesota has finally caught up.
0: Hour one comes to a close here on Super Sunday Night. Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. In hour two, it's all about the NFL with Tim and Tom. As we get you ready for week one of the NFL season this Thursday, Bills-Rams will kick it off. Come on back in a few short minutes as we discuss the AFC here on HeatWave Sports. Now back to HeatWave Sports. Big Hour 2, HeatWave Sports, Super Sunday Night, Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. Tim mongles tom barton and we're going nfl until the midnight hour is this will be our last show until the live show saturday night over at cabo wabo on the las vegas strip please join us 10 to midnight come anytime you want we'll be there probably be there a little early actually and we'll hang out talk to everybody after the show as well 10 to midnight is the show cabo wabo cantina Miracle Mile Shops, Planet Hollywood, Las Vegas Strip. Come out and hang out with the crew of Heat Wave Sports for their live show. We get you ready for Week One of the NFL, and uh, it's, it's exciting time of year. really is. We always talk about Tom um, being the uh, the anticipation, excitement of the NFL season, and every year we say, "Can it get any better?" I, I think it does. You know, it's just the way we're 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 built to. Be excited about it, but it means a lot. And I know, you know, we we get a lot of great messages over on social media. We appreciate everybody that listens in, whether they agree with us or not. They love the show. They appreciate what we do. And we appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen to us, especially late at night. So a chance to to kind of give back and and say thank you to everybody live in person. Right, Tom? And again, I know, Tommy, you agree. We, We would love to see as many people as we can out there for this. Yeah,
1: I really would. I love to see everybody. It's been a couple of years, you know, so if you're listening to our voices and, uh, you know, you're one of the people that, that have supported us, you know, let, come on down. Let's hang out, man. You know, it'll it's going to be a good time down there no matter what. And you're going to not be able to just see just me and Tim. It's going to be the entire entire crew. Whenever we could do the Super Bowl show and we have, you know, 15, 20 people jumping on the air and everything and you got – you know the 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 crowd around us has got another 15 20 people it's funny it brings in energy and it really does kind of give something back when you're able to do live radio radio is a unique forum tim they say it's dying right but when you're able to do live radio and meet fans and things like that i say you know what i'm still still a radio guy myself
0: yeah no doubt come out get you on the air We'll get, we'll get everybody's lock of the week, right? We want everybody's picks. It, it's it's just going to be a fun time as we Wear your down. most
1: obscure jersey. I want, I'm yep. going to give away an obscure jersey to somebody that wears an obscure jersey. Um, if nobody comes down and wins it, I'm going to continue this the entire year until the Super Bowl, Tim. But I want to give it away that night. And job at best jersey and Chris Wynn doesn't count because that, that's
0: just a winner, man. <laughs> you can't wear a job at best, and you can't wear anybody who's been convicted of a felony. Uh, well, is, that be? goes half the NFL.
1: <laughs> uh, would that be fair. Fair uh, to say that I just got canceled by the NFL.
0: <laughs> All right, before we jump into the AFC, should be the Raiders
1: play-by-play guy. So now this is what they get. There we go. There we go.
0: Yeah, I agree. Last week, if you missed our NFC previews, we both said the Rams would come out of the NFC. Tom, last year's champs. um if you want to hear our team-by-team breakdown, it's up over at LV Sports Network. Just find Heatwave Sports under the Fox Sports tab, and you can listen to last week's show where we did break down every NFC team. So we both like the Rams, but I'll call it now. And I know it's, I, I don't really think I'm standing out on a ledge on this, but look, the AFC, Tom, is by far the better conference. And we always look at what, for teams that win Super Bowls. Great quarterback play, solid defense, if you have them both, you have a good opportunity to win the trophy. Unfortunately for the AFC, it's been the NFC that's that's gotten the last couple ones. So, looking at a future line tom, I can get the AFC -115 right now to win the Super Bowl. That means any team in the AFC, 115. I'm just going to go bet it now. How about that? You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to try to save you here again
1: then. Okay. Not that you're wrong, because I love it. But we talked about this last year, and I said the same thing last year. I said I'm going to take them. I'm going to do it. I wound up not doing it. And look, we would have the Bengals there. Right? I mean, strange things happen uh, when you're talking about Super Bowl, right? Strange things happen when you're talking about getting to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. I don't. Uh, I don't love it only because of that. We think it's going to be a team. You know, like your Chargers or the Bills or Kansas City, you know, or or, or you know Baltimore or, or one of the the stalwarts. We think it's going to be. well, what happens if Matt Ryan puts a team on his shoulders? <laughs> like, what, what if Matt Ryan goes crazy? Uh, maybe, maybe that's what it is. And then what if Tampa Bay gets there? Tim, you, you really want to be betting against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? I don't yeah, know. I-, I see where you're coming from. I just I I don't have the guts to pull that trigger.
0: Let's start in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott begins year number six. New offensive coordinator, as we talked about last week, Brian Dable gone. So former Miami University gunslinger, NFL veteran Ken Dorsey gets the reins behind Sean McDermott. Leslie Frazier back as he's been with there the whole McDermott reign over on the defensive side. 11-6 last year. The books, Tommy, have them at 11 and a half this year. How about Buffalo? Everybody seems to like the Buffalo Bills to make it to the Super Bowl.
1: Tim, I was out in front of the Buffalo bandwagon years ago, right? We talked about that. Um, three years ago, I had them making uh, the playoffs, not only making the playoffs but winning the division. Last year, I had Buffalo winning the Super Bowl, Josh Allen winning the MVP. This year, look, I still like them. I think that they are a little inflated, obviously. I hate to go chalk. Uh, but I still like the Bills. I like the fact that they added the the slot players that I do like. I like Isaiah McKenzie taking over for Colt Beasley, even though I do think Colt Beasley means a lot to that locker room. I like that they that, that took over. Um, like it or not about their vaccine status and all that, but they're in a very close locker room, and and Beasley was one of those guys. But from a strictly X's and O's standpoint, uh, McKenzie steps in and he looks really good. I love the idea that Josh Allen is growing as a quarterback, and I think that we did see that. He, I still think he has another level. He should have been the MVP last year. I think that he could have been the MVP last year, and I think he has another level in, in him where even that next unlock level. It's the defense, though, that has me a little shaken up, especially early on. Look, Jordan Poyer is banged up, missed a lot of camp. That's a concern. He's one of the best safeties in the league. Tredavious White will miss the first three or four games. I think it's four games of the season. Um, That's a problem. He's a top-five cornerback in the league. But you hear what I'm saying. It's just early in the season. This team's going to gel. This team is going to gel as the season goes on. I think now you add James Cook, it gives you another element as a running back. To me, this is the most complete team and the most talented team in the NFL. And and, uh, you have
0: to think that there's some type of – Motivation after the way the playoffs went for Buffalo, right, Tom? You know, two years in a row, just close, close losses that – can you think the opposite way and be like, maybe if they can't get it done this year, does the window close rapidly here? Like they can't win the big game in the playoffs? Is that the moniker that they would get?
1: Yeah, I think you do. Look, you have two types of teams in the NFL, and a lot of sports actually, but, you know, specifically in the NFL. You have in the NFL the team that takes incremental jumps until it's their time. And we see it. We see a team that wins four games the first year. The next year they win, you know, like eight games to get to 500. The next year they're a wild card team. The next year they're in the AFC or the NFC, uh, you know, championship game. And then the next year it's their turn to win the Super Bowl. You see the ascension. But we do have a lot of teams that get only to that, uh, that number only to that AFC-NFC championship game. The Green Bay Packers are that team, right? Green Bay is not ascending anymore. They are teetering out. Minnesota did this for most of the 2000s, even into the, you know, go back into the 90s. They couldn't get over that barrier. There are certain teams that just have the cap. The San Diego Chargers with Philip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson had that cap where we always expected them to take that next leap. There's a lot of teams in NFL history, Tim, that we all expected. Okay, they took leap one one year, leap two the next year, leap three, and now it's their time. And they never got to that level. So until they do it, yeah, they're going to be doubted here, Tim, but everything is in place for them to do it.
0: How about down in Miami? New head coach Mike McDaniel takes over the Dolphins. And in comes with McDaniel, former Kansas City Chief, Speedster, Tyreek Hill, basically replacing Devontae Parker there. So you get what's considered a big upgrade. Now, here comes the the issue. I think when we looked at this 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 deal that happened in the offseason, Tom, was that Mahomes Hill, nice, nice uh, Chemistry there now becomes a Hill. I, you know, I know he has Jalen Waddle had a nice rookie season there on the other side to help with the offense. But, you know, the, the Dolphins 9-8 last year, I think a lot of people wanted them to be better. The books have them right around eight and a half this year. It's kind of like the same team. What do you like about or dislike about the Dolphins?
1: What I like about them is that they have the best cornerback in football in Howard. They like their defensive backs. I like their up front. Wilkins is finally looking like the player that we thought he was going to be when he came out of Clemson. I like their defense. What I don't like, and I like the addition of Chase Edmonds, by the way. What I don't like about them is that Jalen Waddle's already banged up. I don't like that Gazeki has told the media, I'm learning a new position because he's just not a blocker and you're going to count on him blocking. Um, I've always liked Tua. I've always thought that Tua could succeed at this level. But he certainly has some limitations. And I need to see him work and function in this offense. My biggest thing, though, Tim, and I know that I'm on the outside looking in here, I liked Miami for the last couple of years because I thought Brian Flores was a good coach. I thought he got his team motivated. I thought he really did a great job with the defense. I mean, Daniel comes in, people just expect him to be better. I I don't know what we're going to get from him. He sounds good. He's saying the right things. seems like the team likes him. But just because he likes him doesn't mean he's going to have immediate success. I liked Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores was a good head coach. I get why he's why he's gone, right? Um, but I liked him. And if I liked the Miami Dolphins last year because I liked the coach, all of a sudden they lose the coach. I can't like them in the same, same vein. I thought that they were a playoff team last year. I had them in the wild card, going to the wild card last year. And the year before that, I had Miami sniffing the wild card. This year, I'm kind of on the border. I'm not sure they're going to make it or
0: not. Team, I think we both have that's not going to make the playoffs. New York Jets, 4-13 and under Robert Sala, now beginning year two. Tom, the books had him at five and a half. So looking for a, a win or a win, win or two better. Zach Wilson will miss a little bit of time here. Joe Flacco under center week one against Baltimore. And we saw that line skyrocket before that announcement. Um I know you could, you know, we're going to talk about all the the great, promising things that could be about the Jets. A lot of people like Brees Hall, Mike Carter as as a future in the backfield. There, you know, nice pickup in Garrett Wilson in the first round of the draft. But it is what it is, right? I mean, they're, they're predicted to win five games, Tom, and, and maybe a little bit less. This is a Jets
1: team that is minus four hundred to finish dead last, Tim. <laughs> That's i don't tell you what it is and they do have some nice pieces and they they did something that most teams don't do they built from the outside and now they're having to build on the inside meaning they have some playmakers wilson's a playmaker to wilson is a playmaker right moore is a playmaker it looks like Breach hall is going to be a playmaker but they have no offensive line their offensive line is dreadfully bad they lost becton so it got even worse it was projected to be the 27th worst offensive line this season and then they lost their best offensive lineman their tight end doesn't block either that's a problem then you look at the defensive side of the ball they have a couple of players here and there their secondary looks like oh maybe the secondary could be a strong area uh sauce gardner there and whatnot maybe their secondary could be that area tim um where they play well but their middle linebacker in play cj mosley has never lived up to what he was in baltimore and in the middle of that field they have no pass rush so they built quite differently than every other team. We're just talking about Buffalo and the ascension of Buffalo. Um, Buffalo did this. They built out. They built out. They had all their, their kind of explosive playmakers in place. And then they went out, out and went crazy in free agency and bought every single offensive lineman. That's how Buffalo built the team that they have. Well, the New York Jets haven't done that yet with the offensive and defensive lines. So they have some playmakers on both sides of the field, which means they'll have some upsets and they'll have some moments. But, Tim, overall, they're going to be abused on the offensive and defensive lines, which makes me think, yeah, minus 400, they're a last-place team.
0: And the last team we'll talk about in the AFCs will be the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, year 23, Tom. Unbelievable amount of years this man has put in that we've watched Super Bowl after Super Bowl be – uh, a trophy be awarded to this team. Uh, 10 wins last year. They made the wild card. Nobody expected that. But Vegas takes them back a little bit this year. Eight and a half projected win total. And we already know Mac Jones now beginning year two without Josh McDaniels who's in Las Vegas. So that could be a potential big issue as we know that Jones did enjoy working with Josh McDaniels. He helped him out a lot in his rookie season. Devontae Parker joins that receiving core along with Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar also. So you got a lot of veteran receivers, but we, we kind of foreshadowed the Patriots a little bit last week and the week before when we talked about what to expect from New England, Tom. Eight and a half, Vegas has them. Are we in agreement that this is probably a step back year? And even though they made the playoffs last year as a surprise, it wouldn't be a surprise to see them miss the playoffs this year. Tim Bill Belichick,
1: for most of his career, have been a step ahead. He was a step step ahead when he did the two tight end sets, and then everybody followed. He was a step ahead when he decided to do slanting patterns with the small receivers, then everyone followed. He was a step ahead when he said, you know what, we don't have to go deep downfield. You need one burner. Everybody else will open up on, under the middle, and everybody followed. He was a step ahead when he said, I'm going to invest purely in guys that can rush the pass rusher and I'm not really going to worry about linebackers. And everybody followed. Tim what he's doing now is saying, I don't need an offensive coordinator. I don't even need to name one. I don't care about the offense. I don't, it doesn't even matter to me. We're going to kind of run. It doesn't really matter. We don't have receivers. I don't care. All we're going to do is play defense, 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 and more defense. I'm finally in a position, Tim, where I'm questioning Bill Belichick. I'm finally in a position where I'm saying, Bill, I, I see what you're selling me, and I've doubted you before, but this time I just can't buy in. I don't think that they take the massive step back because I like uh, Stevenson. I like Harris. I like their running game. I think Mac Jones can win games in this league. I like that they picked up Devontae Parker. I still think Henry and uh, Smith are good tight end duo, but I just don't like what Bill Belichick is doing, which is just really not caring about offense in this league. Nowadays, you just have to. Now he'll stumble into eight wins, Tim, because he's going to play good defense. And he's got Barrymore, and he's he's got playmakers on that defensive side. But losing two huge defensive players, you know, one of them is playing in San Diego or in Los Angeles now uh, that led the league in interceptions. You lose those kind of players, they're not easy to replace. And if you have no offense and you're relying upon defense that loses players, I can't see them as a playoff team. And, again, maybe Bill makes us all look silly, and he's one step ahead, and this is the new path of the NFL. I just don't see it.
0: We're in agreeance. Buffalo wins the division. Buffalo, the only team making the playoffs in that division.
1: Yeah, Miami comes up just short. I think Miami can win eight, nine games. I, I just don't think in the AFC, eight, nine wins is going to get you there. And I do think that uh, Bill wins eight games. He stumbles into eight games, but clearly that's not going to get you to the playoffs.
0: Let's move to the AFC South. We'll start with Jacksonville. Year two four. Trevor Lawrence, new head coach, Doug Peterson, veteran. Super Bowl winner joins, takes the reins after the urban disaster of last year. Three and fourteen. Vegas sets them at six and a half. Tom, a lot of a lot of changes in the offense. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zy Jones, Darius Williams on the defensive side of the ball all come over. They lose DJ Chark. What do you, what do you think about the the Jags?
1: Tim, last year I told you that I would be betting Trevor Lawrence to win the MVP, not only just that, but the Rookie of the Year because he was such an exceptional talent. I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I told you that I loved uh, everything they did with Travis Etienne. I liked that they went out there and got new additions on the offense. I liked LaVista Chenault last year. Uh, I liked what the Jags were selling me. And I said, the only problem is that I just don't like Urban Meyer. Well, I had no idea that he would be such a cancer to the team that Urban Meyer was, right? Um, Urban Meyer's get, got more lap dances last year than I'm going to get at the Palomino this weekend. So <laughs> Urban Meyer comes in and he's just that guy that ruins everything, and he really did, that doesn't mean that I can't still like Jacksonville, and I do. I still think that Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. I still think Trevor Lawrence can put this team on his shoulders. I love the addition of Christian Kirk, who's consistently been underrated. Travis Etienne is back healthy, but so is James Robinson back healthy. And they went out there and they revamped this defense. Don't for a minute think that it's all about the offense. The Jags' defense is going to be for real. The Jags had one of the top three tacklers in the league, and now they go out there, they have a high pick, go after defense. I think that everything that they did was was on point. And I like the man they brought in to lead this. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl winner again. I don't know if he could go back and do that, but he doesn't have to. He just needs to set the tone. That we're now a professional organization instead of the Mickey Mouse Club that Urban Meyer was running down there. I like Jacksonville. I was hoping that people would, would sleep on Jacksonville. I was hoping that number was going to come out at about five. I think Jacksonville can push for not only eight, but I think Jacksonville could push for nine wins in this division And I think is a down division. I think Trevor Lawrence really is that guy, and he shows us all he's that guy.
0: Over in Houston, Deshaun Watson's stain has been removed from the Texans. Our guy, Tommy Lovey-Smith, now the head coach of Houston. He brings Pep Hamilton with him. Nice, experienced staff. Lovey will call the plays on the defensive side of the ball. Four wins last year. Vegas likes him at four and a half. Look, Davis Mills last year, I didn't think he played badly Tommy he had 2,600 yards passing, 16 touchdowns. I'm interested to see what he can do. He's got consistent uh, receiver in Brandon Cooks. Maybe all he has that, that we really can look at, but I like the tight end there in Brevin Jordan, former Bishop Gorman, alumnus, University of Miami. And a lot of people are high on Damian Pierce in the backfield, Tommy. So there are some nice young pieces to watch on this team. It's just, you know, when you look at, just being, they weren't good to begin with last year. I wouldn't say they got significantly better, which is why we're looking at around the same amount of wins. But um, Houston's a team I'll be watching curiously, and I think we'll be able to get some good lines with Houston because so many people just think they're so bad, they're just going to bet against them every week.
1: Tim, I noticed you didn't mention any defensive players on Houston. You know, <laughs> I think that that's one of the problems there. You have a lot of, of talent. You said Mills. You're talking about Damian Pierce. I'll throw Nico Collins into the group. Brevin Jordan, of course. Uh, you know, you, you look up and down that team. You go, they do have some talent. The question is, can Lovey Smith get that talent out of them? Lovey Smith, look, I, I didn't want him fired when he was winning ten games with the Bears. And the Bears may not have won ten games since he's left, right? Um, but he went to college. Didn't look good in college. The game has decidedly passed him by, and it's a sad thing to say. But he is a defensive guy. And if anybody could fix a no-name defense, I mean literally, can you name three guys on that defense? Can you can you? No, probably not. If anybody could fix this no-name defense, it would be Lovie Smith. I think that they're gonna have a very Lions-esque year of last year. They're gonna be tight games, they're gonna be, you know, right in it, they're gonna be a covering machine, like you said, but I can't look at them as any more than like a 4
0: Tennessee, Tom Mike Vrabel, still the guy, five years now as a Titans head coach. Twelve and five last year playoffs. I mean they were in the AFC title game just a few years back. And here's it's quite the adjustment. Vegas likes them at to win eight and a half games. So almost a four-game complete drop from last year. AJ Brown gone. Robert Woods in. Uh, Julio Jones gone, even though it wasn't a very good year for Julio to begin with. But when you look at an aging Tennessee team here and the injury concerns of Derrick Henry, I mean, it says a lot of why, you know, a lot of pieces they weren't able to fill in the offseason, Tom. That's why there's such a big adjustment from 12 wins to what Vegas thinks will be eight or nine.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's like death taxes and Brian Tannehill and, and Vrabel somehow or another winning 10 games though, Tim, it seems almost every year. I was on the bandwagon of, okay, Tennessee is going to squeak out nine wins. That's going to be an over. I was there. Even if Henry goes down, they have enough talent. Um, I know they lost Brown. I-, I was on that bandwagon and they lost Harold Landry just this week to an injury. People don't know about Harold Landry. I was hyping him up. You know me, uh, pass rusher from Boston college. I told you he was going to be one of the best players coming out of the draft. And people said, what are you talking about? Well, he has led the team in sacks for the last couple of years. He is a sack master coming around that corner. Tennessee's going to have to win uh, by their defense with Simmons and Landry. now you lose Landry. So he's big enough for me to say, I think Tennessee takes the step back. I can't fully count on Ryan Tannehill. I cannot fully count on Derrick Henry giving me 17 games. I don't know about their passing game and their defense, which was their strong suit. And getting to the quarterback was their strong suit. Lost their best pass rusher this week. So I think that they start out slow. I like Vrabel as a coach, so I still think he can grind out eight or nine wins. But weirdly for me, this is the first year I'm kind of going against the Titans. I just don't see them getting to the promised land, which is the playoffs.
0: And that takes us to Indianapolis, nine and eight in 2021. Vegas likes them at ten and a half for Frank Reich's Colts. Gus Bradley joins the defense as the D coordinator Tommy after a one year stop in Las Vegas. He was also in with the Chargers a few years after, after being let go in his failed stint as the Jaguars head coach. And the big news was Wentz is gone. Matt Ryan comes in via a third round draft pick. A lot of Stefan Gilmore. Also, that was a big one for me. was coming in. You know, I'm the offensive guy. You're the defensive guy, but I love the Gilmore pickup from Carolina for the Colts. And I, You know, when I look at this team with Ryan, steady hand back there, as long as he's healthy, I I guess you could say, even if he got banged up, Nick Foles has always proven to find a way to be that capable backup, but we want to see what Jonathan Taylor can do year two. Right, Tom.
1: I like Jonathan Taylor. I like Matt Ryan coming in. I love the offensive line. Quentin Nelson is the guy that I thought that should have been taken over Saquon Barkley. And I got laughed out on the air forever. Uh, But. I'm looking at this team and I'm going, Tim, every year they're supposed to be in the playoffs. Every year they're supposed to win the division. They haven't won the division since 2014. And every year they're supposed to win the division. I also look at this. Everyone's banking on this team to be a really good defensive team. Except no one's talking about they lost their defensive coordinator. Now with the head coach in Chicago. They lost a bunch of assistants that followed him to Chicago. And Shaquille Darius Leonard in the middle is banged up and may not play for a couple of weeks. Tim, you can't have a great defense and talk to me how great this defense is and lose your coordinator, assistance, and your best player. So anybody that's going out there and trying to sell me that the Colts are going to be world beaters with a receiving core that I just don't like. I mean, Pittman's a two to me, a receiving core I don't like, a quarterback that might be on the back nine. called clearly on the back nine, but he might be well under. And you're looking at a defense that has to take a step back. I know everybody loves the Colts. People have fallen all over themselves to take the Colts' overs. Tim, they're another team I'm looking at and I'm going, I think they're like an 8-9 win team. I don't see the 10, 11, 12 wins and this dominating performance by the Colts because their defense lost too much.
0: I have them 10, 10 wins. I have them 10 wins and they win the division finally since 2014. Tim, I'm doing it. I'm going
1: crazy. It's my crazy pick of the year. I've been pretty much all Chuck. I think Jacksonville takes the division. I think Jacksonville mm. takes the division with nine or ten wins. I don't think they're going to need a lot. I think they just it out. I just don't see Henry go at lasting 17. And I look at the Indianapolis Colts, and I worry about that defense too much. Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence shows us all why he was considered that generational talent. But it's the Jacksonville defense, I think, really puts the stamp on this year.
0: I love it, Tom. I love it. AFC North start at the bottom. And when I talk about the bottom, I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns, Tommy. Eight wins last year, but completely different looking team. Landry gone. Mayfield gone. Watson in. He won't play for 11 weeks. They bring in Amari Cooper. Uh, I'll let you take it from here. I, there's really not much I can say about Cleveland. I, I hope they don't win a game. I, I know, you know, that's. Uh, my, my fandom talking here but just a complete mess and we laugh about it every year about what inept organization it is but but really it's it's just never ending with this with this team man
1: it, it's like nick chubb and and the pieces of garbage right miles garrett's a piece of garbage swinging his helmet uh, and and accusing people of doing all kinds of things uh kareem hunt you you know me and my feelings on kareem hunt that piece of yep. trash Deshaun Watson on that team. And again, I'm not saying this just because I don't like them, guys. That breeds a bad locker room. Nick Chubb's going to run for his yards. Nick Chubb is a fantastic player. And Amari Cooper might have a a decent year. But overall, the culture there is just shot. There's no way they have control in the front office. There's no way they have control in the sidelines. This team is running roughshod. And like you said, I hope they don't win a single game. And it's unfortunate because I do like Nick Chubb. I hope they don't win a single game. And I'm not sure they do too well. I look at this team as, as you know, being able to run their way and grind their way and play a decent defense enough to get to seven wins or so. Uh, but they're not a playoff team for me.
0: Pittsburgh, they welcomed in Mitch Trubisky in the offseason. I, I thought, being a Ravens fan, and as much as my dislike for Cleveland is, you know, i it's grown have built-in hatred for Pittsburgh, but I have to call it like I see it. I love the drafts that they have year after year. And I think, again, look at their first two picks in the draft this year. Katie Pickett and George Pickens out of Georgia. I'm excited as a NFL fan to see what they can do in the new era for Pittsburgh as Ben Roethlisberger is gone. We know that. Juju Smith gone. Washington gone. So there's a complete rebuild in the offensive side. They began it last year with – the, the drafting of Najee Harris out of Alabama, we had an awesome rookie season. Deontay Johnson, a big year. Tommy and you know for all the good things I'm talking about, and, and a nine win year, it's just not the way that Vegas has them with only seven and a half on the win total. I, I've already bet the over. I bet it last year. It was my biggest bet.
1: I had on um, <laughs> you know Josh Taylor from CBS Pittsburgh. I, I had on uh, you know uh, Levon Kirkland next uh Pittsburgh Steeler I, I had on multiple Pittsburgh Steelers over the course of the year and every time that I told them over the course of the preseason every time I told them about Pittsburgh's win total and Najee Harris's rushing total I got chuckles as how unbelievably free money it was um yeah I had Ryan Shays here be like they're what He wait what you know and it was it's the same thing again to me Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Now they do have a tough schedule. I'm not going to say that they don't. But Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. They are returning their best defensive player in the league, in TJ Watt. They are defend. They added to this with Miles Jack. They added to a top five defense that I still think is going to be a top five defense again. They have all kinds of weapons defense uh, offensively. Harris is a weapon, and Johnson is a weapon, and you go out there and Claypool is still a weapon, and they drafted a weapon, and they got Friermuth as a weapon. So yes, the offensive line has problems and that is their biggest problem and then you talk about the quarterback I think that Pickett is going to be just perfectly fine in this offense and Tomlin is a run first guy anyway Tim I don't understand the Pittsburgh hate year after year I understand you not liking them because you're a Ravens fan but what what is Vegas doing you're betting against something that's never happened you're betting against a top five defense a good running attack guys all over the field I think that Pittsburgh has a better chance to win the division than they do to lose, whatever, 10 games is what they would have to lose. I'm all over the over here. I think that they get back to the nine wins. It's going to squeak it over, but they're going to have a winning record. Tom is going to have a winning record. And this team, if Pickett clicks like a lot of people think he can, this team can win 11 or 12 games. They could be that good, Tim. How
0: about my Ravens, Tom? John Harbaugh, year 15. Look In this division, we talked about Belichick, but – Tomlin, 16 years, never had a losing record. Jim John Harbaugh now 15 years with the Ravens. Solid, lengthy stays as head coaches, especially not in today's NFL. But the Ravens last year, 8-3 and three at one point, Tom. Everything going great. Looking at a, a top seed in the NF, uh, AFC playoffs, possible Super bowl chance. Lamar goes down. They don't win another game the rest of the way out, Tom. They finish 8-9. and nine. Vegas likes them at 9.5 wins this year on the – over under and I'm gonna talk about defense because it's not about offense when we talk about what did they do in the offseason for offense look your offense is gonna start and go with Lamar Jackson but in the offseason to bolster that defense Tom Marcus Williams from the Saints and we, well, we all saw that secondary get burned time and time again late in, the, in, late in the 2021 season they bring in Marcus Williams they spent the first pick on on the safety out of Notre Dame, and Kyle Hamilton I like both those moves. Uh, want that running game, right? Just crippled with injuries at that running g- attack last year. Thankfully, everybody's been healthy so far this season. Morgan Moses joins that offensive line from the Jets. Look, I'm with you on this. I have that futures sticking on the Ravens. I'm not even talking as a fan right now. I just, I love the motivation the team has. I think Harbaugh is a great motivator. He's got these guys ready to go. And the schedule, you know, last year they played a first place schedule. This year they play a last place schedule tom give me the ravens and before we even get to cincinnati and that's next but give me the ravens i like 11 wins and the division this year tim you know me i I look at this team and i see nothing but
1: injuries they lost all kinds of defensive backs in the preseason peter's right before the season began they're all coming back they added to this i like the addition of sammy watkins i think uh, bateman is going to take a step up we know about andrews uh, Dobbins and Edwards will come back and they'll be okay. But I like the addition of Mike Davis for the first couple of games. I like everything about this team when you look at on the on paper. I like Harbaugh, of course on paper. If you ask me, now you know I have a 25-to-1 ticket the day I bought it after the Super Bowl. It's down to 21. I don't care. I still kind of like it, but let me tell you, in May, I said, Man, Tim's gonna love it when I pick the Ravens to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> in June, I said, and Tim's gonna love it when I say that the Ravens are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. In July, oh man I don't know if I can take that Ravens to win the Super Bowl in August I'm going I uh, you know I, I don't think I'm taking the Ravens to win the Super Bowl and the reason is because I hate the Lamar Jackson contract laying out there Tim I can't stand it I, if Lamar was signed I probably would be with my gut and say that this could be the Ravens year I probably would be going down that path but Tim I can't with that said I do still think They are an 11-win team this year in a very tough division. I think that they do win the division in a very tough division. But I have my doubts. Where I was totally sold three, four months ago, Tim, I'm not so sold. And it's because of one thing. is because I don't know how Lamar Jackson is going to react to all these guys getting paid and him playing for a contract. Maybe he doesn't die for that extra yard. Maybe subconsciously he doesn't want to put his body and lower his shoulder on on a play. Maybe he loses you know, the clubhouse because he's in the middle of a contract negotiation or it's lingering over his head or they don't play for the owner or the, man, the the head coach. Maybe. I don't know what can be going on in that clubhouse. But the fact that Lamar has not signed him makes me hesitate for them to do huge things this year. But I do think they do enough to win the division.
0: And that leaves us with the Bengals. 10-7. and seven, Made it all the way to the Super Bowl before the Rams took him out. Tommy, a lot of people are, are uh, as our buddy Chris Wynn said, disrespecting Cincinnati. What do you think? Cincinnati doesn't make the playoffs this year. I, I called it early, and I'm going to call it again
1: here. Cincinnati got very hot last year, very lucky last year, and that's really what it was. They played the third weakest schedule of any team in the NFL last year. Now you go into a season. I know it's just a gallbladder and it's no, or an appendix, and it's no big deal, but Joe Burrow has missed a substantial amount of time late in camp, that's a problem. This is a team that wants to run with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has never really showed that he could stay healthy. Their offensive line is a little bit banged up. You look at the defense, there was a contract problem with Bates, their big safety. There is injuries with Hendrickson already. This is a head coach in Zach Taylor that I think is good, but he's not an elite coach. And week after week, going through the gauntlet, that is their conference. That is their division, which is their schedule. I don't have Cincinnati making it. Remember, they wanted to be a run-first team. So now you have to ask yourself with Zach Taylor, do they turn it over to Joe Burrow and get away from what they were built for? If they do, that's a philosophy change. I just think it's too much. There's a reason why we see Super Bowl hangovers all the time. There's a reason why it's hard to get back to the mountain time and time again. I don't think Cincinnati falls off the map here. I think that they're still in wild card contention. I still think that they win nine games or so, but I don't see them winning double-digit games, and I am that guy that Chris Wynn was like, wow, everyone's down on them. That's me. I don't see them making the playoffs.
0: I got them in the wild card, Tom. give me Baltimore to win the division. Give me Cincinnati as a wild card.
1: I can't, I can't say I hate it. I just see the writing on the wall, Tim.
0: And you have Baltimore only. And Pittsburgh. You have Baltimore. Pittsburgh again, right?
1: No, no. I have Baltimore. I think Pittsburgh's
0: going to have a winning season. Nine wins. Nine wins ain't getting you in here. Okay. Alright, one division left. We'll do that after the timeout. The AFC West, what a loaded division. We'll talk about that. Give us a few short minutes here on HeatWay Sports, Fox Sports Radio.
1: I, just, I think they're kind of weird and it's just strange. Grown men wearing jerseys with another man's name on it. Like, are you in jail? Are you his bitch? It's just... Right. Kind of like that one? That's different because it's in a frame. Now back to Heat Wave Sports. Here's Tom Barton and Tim Munglesby.
0: One division left. AFC previews here on Heat Wave Sports. AFC West. Tom, up against the clock. Here we go. Denver Broncos, seven wins last year. Vegas likes him for 10 and a half, year one of the Nate Hackett era. And in the offseason, they bring in Russell Wilson from Seattle. This is a loaded division. We'll start with Denver, Tommy. Vegas likes 10 and a half. What do we got Denver at? Tim, you you see just
1: by the way that we've done this. I have every team making the playoffs, every one of them, (laughs) because I couldn't decide. Uh, Let's talk about Denver. Look, everyone's talking about Russell Wilson, and for good reason. I get it. But I like this offense last year. Javante Williams is my guy to absolutely blow the doors off of everybody this year. It's my biggest prop play of the season. I got him over six touchdowns. A lot of places now have him at seven. I don't care. He's scoring. I like him. I like Melvin Gordon. You have to like their wide receivers. Uh, Jerry Judy has immense talent, Cortland Sutton. So I I am all over Denver going, yeah, this is going to be big. But I also look at the defensive side of the ball. They might have one of the best corners in the league. Bradley Chubb coming back healthy. That's important as well. My thing is this, is that the reason why I don't have Denver winning this division and I have them sitting at about 10 wins is because I don't think that Hackett's going to be a good coach. And I worry about Russell Wilson doing what he always seems to do, which is fade at the end of the year. Now he's going to be fading at the end of the year against really good division. And he's going to be fading at the end of the year in an environment that he's not particularly used to, really snowy, gross, terrible conditions, which is his home stadium. So I think that they're going to be able to run their way to 10 wins. I think that Wilson certainly gives them a new aura. He gives them a new feel. I'm just not sold on hacking.
0: Kansas City 12-5 and five held the trophy a couple years back. Lost after that. And then a, a tough loss in the playoffs last year. Vegas likes 10.5 as well. So right there with with uh, Denver, Tom, for Coach Andy Reid. We know Tyreek Hill's gone. Schuster comes in from Pittsburgh. Scantling from Green Bay. You still got Mahomes, still got Kelsey. Clyde Hilaire. How about the Chiefs? Chiefs are
1: a team I've, I've struggled with. You still have a great quarterback there. You still have a great head coach there and make no mistake. They are great. And I think that this could be a year when Mahomes starts to kind of take names. People are doubting him. People are knocking him down list. I saw somebody one of these morons say he's not even a top five quarterback in the league right now. I don't think that Mahomes doesn't hear these things. The problem is it's not so much that Tyreek left because I have talked to people on both sides of the equation. And a lot of people are going, yeah, Tyreek's not going to mean that big of a deal because uh, they brought in a lot. What bothers me is H they have a lot of aging guys on this team, including Travis Kelsey, including some defensive players. They did lose some heart of that defense, and a lot of the guys are getting up there in age. Here's another team, Tim. Look, it wouldn't shock me if they went out there, won 12, 13 games. It wouldn't shock me if they were raising the trophy because of what Holmes and Reed can do. Uh, but I have them as a wild-card team. I have them winning 10 games as well.
0: The L.A. San Diego Chargers are up next. Brandon Staley, year two, nine and eight last year. Another 10 and a half in Vegas for the Chargers, Tom, and Justin Herbert begins his ascension up the quarterback ranking. A lot, a lot of people love Herbert. Sure, I love him. I know you like him. Can they get it done, though? That's the question. Can they get win the big games? They lose in Vegas last year with a chance to make the playoffs. Can they get it done and get in the playoffs this year, Tom? Can they win the division?
1: Yeah, they can. They're my division winner. I have them only at 11 wins because it's such a tough division, but they are my division winner. Every single year, it feels like for for two decades, I want to take the Chargers. And every year I go, something goes wrong with the Chargers. And it usually happens in camp. Well, nothing went wrong this year. Everything kind of went very smoothly. And not only do they have the receivers, they have the running back core. They have the backup running backs. They bring in Sony Michelle, They have Gerald Everett. Even the secondary guys. I like the fact that they stabilize their offensive line. But for me, it's the defense. They have the best safety in the league. And derwin james they have a dynamic pass rusher and bosa who i think has a really good year but they brought in khalil mack to make sure that he can't be double teamed and they got a new cornerback guy from bill belichick they stole jc away who oh, look he's he's a top 10 cornerback at the very least i like every facet of this team i don't think that there is a hole i don't love the head coach i will say that and they still haven't won a playoff game haven't even made the playoffs with a five thousand yard year but I'm picking them to win 11 games and win this division.
0: JC Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, Khalil Mack, all veterans coming over. You said Everett. Even in the first round, they picked up the big boy out of BC, uh, Zion to, to, on the line to try to keep Herbert healthy and open up them holes for Eckler, Tommy, or, or if it's Kelly coming in uh, to spell Eckler. You know, they Their offense is just is so many moving parts, and you said it. it it's always been something that's kept this team from, from taking that step. But I think the Juju is gone. And I'm not talking about Schuster Smith. I'm talking about just the bad omens around it for whatever reason. I think this is the year, Tom. I agree with you.
1: And then we come to the Raiders. And I have four teams in the playoffs, Tim. I told you, you can't win nine games and make the playoffs. Well, I have the Raiders winning nine games and making the playoffs. Because I just couldn't leave them out. They're too dangerous. They're too explosive. And while everybody wants to talk about Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams coming over is a big deal, uh, it's the defense and the defensive line. You put Chandler Jones and Max Crosby together, you have something there. Now, I do worry about their defensive backs. I do. I do worry about their linebackers, sure. Uh, but and, and the running game isn't exactly solid or sold on me, and that's why I don't have them winning the, the division. But I think there's something with this team that you just have to look at and say they are always come to play, and they're always going to be in close games. Close games turn into wins. I love the pass-rushing duo. I absolutely love the connection with Devontae Adams. I don't like that Waller's banged up, but that's okay because you have Renfro there. This is a Vegas team I originally had winning seven or eight games. The more I looked at it, the more I watched film on what Crosby and Jones can be to this team, the more I said, I got to give them nine wins. Now, this certainly, I could replace this with the Colts getting a wild card. I could replace this with Pittsburgh or Cincinnati getting a wild card. I Up until about three weeks ago, I had this with Miami getting a wild card. But I'm going to go Raiders. I'm going to go a little hometown flair.
0: Vegas had an eight and a half, right, Tom? <clears throat>
1: eight and a half, nine. Yeah, which is, which is where I was. I was. I'm not taking the over in Vegas. I'm not taking it because I think they only win nine games, and they're the team that sneaks in. I can't, but for you
0: know this show,
1: <laughs> I'm taking Vegas to sneak
0: in. And I think it's easy for people to be like, oh, well, you know, I, I was just at a, a birthday party this past weekend and guy was talking about the Raiders. Oh, well, they got Devontae Adams. They, they should have 12 or 13 wins. It doesn't really work that way just because you're adding a, a star of that caliber. It doesn't work that way that you're getting Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and they're automatically going to go three wins better than they did last year. If anything, there's, they overachieved last year. So where do they sit? I agree with you. I think it's right around nine wins. And for me, that doesn't get him in the playoffs. And another question would be Josh McDaniels. I know everybody loves him. He's saying all the right things, Tom, but he's had a failed career as a head coach.
1: Yeah, look, that is reality. And he comes in, he has a lot of Belichick where he wants to come in, pound the table and say, we're going to do it my way, my way, my way. Well, guess what? Their way, which it was basically an uncoached team last year, (laughs) their way works. And Josh McDaniels has to walk in and understand that this is Derek Carr's team. This isn't Josh McDaniels' team yet. He can make it his team, but don't try to upset the apple cart just to prove a point. And I worry, because the last time he coached, and he was a head coach, that's exactly what he did. He came in, he came in thinking he was Bill Belichick. He came in, upset the apple cart, threw it over, stomped on the apples, and they said, yeah, now we're going to reject you as a coach, and they just didn't follow him. That's my concern with McDaniels. But I have to think that he learned from the first time. I have to think that he looked at last year and said, basically an uncoached team that was coached by a special teams coach for half the season followed Derek Carr into the promised land, and they got to the playoffs, uh, which shocked everyone. You got to think that McDaniels is smart enough to not come in and cause total chaos. But The reason I'm not sold on the
0: Raiders is because maybe he will. Well, Tom, you're putting them all in in that division. I have... LA and KC going in. We both had the Rams representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. I'll start. For the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, as much as I want to say it's Lamar and the Ravens, Tommy, I'm with you from what we talked about right at the beginning of of the hour. I think this is Buffalo's time. and Give me Buffalo to represent the AFC. Give me Josh Allen, Super Bowl MVP. How about Buffalo winning the Super Bowl for once, man? Come on.
1: Sam, you stole it out of my mouth. I said it last year.
0: I'll say it again. Last year,
1: I said Josh Allen's going to win the MVP. Josh Allen's going to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen's going to win the Super Bowl MVP. Nothing's changed for me. They've only gotten better. I do think your Baltimore Ravens will be close, especially if this thing gets settled with Lamar over the next couple of days uh, or hours at this point. I think they'll be close. I am not writing off Kansas City. I don't think that the Chargers have the experience quite to get there. I do see a big step back from, like I said, from the Bengals. Colts aren't really a threat. Titans aren't a threat. You, you start going through the teams of who could be a threat. I know everyone's on Denver. I don't see that working in the first year. I don't like to take first-year quarter uh, coaches. Now, I do think, by the way, Brian Dable leaving has me doubting Buffalo just slightly, but I went with it last year. I hate being a year late on a team where I say, I did it last year, and then it, here's what happened. So I won't do that this year. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl.
0: Heatwave Sports likes Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. AFC minus 115 if you want to bet it right now. And, and Tom, um, it's going to be the AFC playoffs are just going to be outstanding to watch this year. There's no doubt about it. And, and, and Tim, to anybody out there that says we do chalk
1: too much, oh, by the way, here's a great stat. Only twice in the last 15 years has a team won the Super Bowl. That was not a preseason Favorite of one, two, three, or
0: four. Yeah. There it is. That's the stat. That's the stat you need to know. Tom, let's get out of here. Tell everybody about all the great things you're doing there at Tom Barton Sports.
1: Yeah, go check me out, Tom Barton Sports, over on Twitter, TomBartonSports.com. Guys, come on, sign up right now. bucks. i am going to give you two months if you listen and you're telling me you're listening to the show right now. Every single play I give it out in the NFL, all my futures plays are up there. All my prop plays are up there. You guys have all of that. You have Thursday's game, Sunday's game, all the games on Saturday, all the college football games, Major League Baseball plays tomorrow. I have a college football play tomorrow on the Clemson-Georgia Tech game. You're going to get it all at TomBartonSports.com. Also, go check out the podcast, Believe in Betting and Wagering Week on the Sports
0: Garden Network tom we will see you in a few days my man i will actually see you soon tim (laughs) that's right saturday night 10 o'clock cabo wabo cantina we're there till midnight or a little bit after come out and join the show we honestly we want everybody to come out and say hi it'd be great to see everybody saturday night 10 o'clock cabo wabo cantina on the las vegas strip for heatwave sports week one preview of the nfl for tom barton for ryan tim Ungles, we have a great sports week We will talk to you then. It's Heat Wave Sports only on Fox Sports Radio.